The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, everybody, and welcome to In the Clinch MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. I'm Paul Fontaine. Alongside me, as always, is Ryan Frederick. And Ryan, I always have been forgetting lately since we started kicking off the show with our We Gotta Talk About segment. So let's do it. We Gotta Talk About. And uh, we gotta talk about Dustin Poirier and UFC 277. So I don't know which part of that you want to lead off with first. I know Dustin was on Ariel, so maybe that. Yeah, I mean, he wants he wants to fight, and he wants to fight July 30th at UFC 277 in Dallas. He wants to fight there specifically because it's the closest place to Louisiana they're getting right right now. And plus, he's eager to fight. He, he's willing to fight at lightweight or welterweight. Uh, 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 from what he said on Ariel's show, he just wants to fight because they've told him possibly, like, we can't book you until the – until the end of the year and he's just like no i want to fight right now and i don't care who it's against and i think the problem is trying to find him an opponent i know stephen thompson kind of said i'll fight you at 170 and and you know i mean and i think sean brady might have said the same thing fight at one 170 it's just it's just yeah it's i mean they he wants to fight and it's and i'm not sure if he's gonna get it is a problem so what uh, what am I missing? Like, why why do they not want him to fight until the end of the year? Like, is there a fight that they have in mind that the other guy's not going to be available till then? Or, like, uh, yeah, you know, if he wants I, to fight and he's a big name, why not just put him on the card? It could be that. It, it could be that they have a, they have a specific opponent opponent he wants to fight. Uh, they I know they I know they do they did their due diligence like they're supposed to and offered him Colby Covington and he hasn't said yes or no yes or no I know he doesn't oh. I know one of the big things yeah. was Ariel asking him about Colby Colby and he said he never wanted to fight Colby because of because he never wants Colby to make a dollar off of his name so yeah because, like he said he'll fight him in the he'll fight him in the in the in the gym or in the parking yeah, lot but, he's not fight but he hates Colby Covington yeah. so much that he doesn't want Colby to yeah. to fight him to to make any money off of fighting him but at the same time he said 
if that's the only option I got, I'll do it. <laughs> you know, I won't yeah. like it, but I'll do it. And then, it, yeah, it. then now the ball's in Colby's court. Does he really want to fight, or is he just calling shit because he knows Dustin won't fight him? Well, I mean, I don't think <laughs> you know. What I, I don't think Colby's talked about it at all, and I don't even know if they've even okay. offered to Colby. Colby, I mean, Dustin just wants to fight, and and he yeah. lost out on the Diaz fight because he's he he said. He said there's been three different times where in the last year where it's fallen apart, including twice this year. And it's just, I think that's more on the, on the DS side and the UFC side because they've clearly got whatever the hell is going on over, going on over there. And it's almost like they that he was just like stuck. It's like, well, if you if you're not going to fight Nate, then who are you going to fight? And everybody else they have in mind isn't going to. Isn't going to be able to fight till later in the year, mainly Michael Chandler. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, this is just a guy who wants to fight, fight, and you see this happen so many times in the UFC where they have fighters who who just want to fight, but they kind of ice them for you know whatever, whatever reason. I mean, you can't, you can't go you can't go in with this whole attitude of of you know Dana saying, well, these guys, the best guys want to fight all the time when you have one of your, your top fighters in the world openly coming out saying i just want to fight and they're not giving me a fight this kind of thing so hmm. so it's just kind of weird so if you if if you had the booker hat on who would you book put him in there with put him at 170 against steven thompson that's perfectly fine okay yeah yeah all right i mean, yeah, I, I mean the, the 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 only thing that strikes me about that fight is it it just in my head feels like poi would be giving up a lot of size Eh. Um, but he, he obviously he, would have the striking, he, oh, like the, he walks, the he, power advantage. He walks around at 185. So, I mean, I don't know that he'd be giving up. No, that, I'm just like, just, size. I don't, I, yeah, it's not so much about the weight. It's like, I just, I don't know, visualizing them. It's kind of like when I would visualize like Henry Cejudo and, and, um, uh, Max Holloway, you know, like I'm like, it just feels like a fight where one guy is way bigger as, as opposed to like Henry Cejudo and, and Peter, uh, and Volkanovsky doesn't have that same stigma to me. So, um, yeah. you know, but I mean, obviously we haven't seen Poirier really at 170, right? I think he, did he fight once at 170, like on short notice or something, but uh, no. like not a fight that was actually con. No. no, not even that. Okay. So former featherweight. So it's like Connor, you know, like moving up, like basically two weight classes from where he started, but one weight class from where he is. And he, he is, you know, small for the weight class, but, um, and, and, you know, Thompson could probably put on weight and fight at middleweight, oh. but, um, hell, I, uh, hell at, you know, hell at, the, at this point, give him Gregor Gillespie. That solves two problems. Well, that, that's time. what, you know what? That was the name, but I, I, we were, you know, we were going to talk about Gillespie later, but I'm like, it, we got two guys out there that are both wanting a fight and they're both at the same weight class. <laughs> like, yeah, there's no reason they're not teammates, but you know, like this is, yeah, like, I don't know. This is, but this also could be a situation where, where, you know, yes, I'm a voter in these rankings, but these bullshit rankings yeah. cause so much drama because in, in I know and we'll bring up Gregor we'll go ahead and bring up Gregor here he's not fighting because because the guys who are ranked above him keep turning him down and he keeps turning down the guys who are ranked below him so who knows if they off if they were to offer Dustin Poirier Gregor Gillespie of course Gillespie will say yes because he wants to fight the guys above him but maybe Poirier says no I mean you know who who knows how I can't imagine situa- why you saying no to that yeah, yeah. I think but I, I mean, think it has to be. I think it has to be that they have something in mind for him. 
Like that's the only thing that makes sense and that they just maybe for whatever reason, they can't announce it yet. It's depending on the they, result of something else that's going to happen. No, it was depending on the result of what happened last, last weekend. Oh, Chandler uh, and Oliveira. Of, 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 okay. several, of several fights. It could have been uh, Gaethje and Oliveira. It, it could have been Chandler. It could be Gaethje. Gaethje in a rematch because they're both yeah. coming off losses. So, so yeah, you could, could be, do Poirier Gaethje. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah. So. And but yeah, you need yeah Gaethje's going to need some time. Yeah, so, so yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that that's oh, that's good. That and then uh, the other thing, the other part of that was, I mean, we've talked about it for weeks, but it's almost official, or it is official now. Uh, it's, it's not been formally announced, but it is official. Yeah. And Dallas is going to be the home of UFC two seventy seven. More and more people are talking about it, and and like I said, when I originally was talking about it on it, it's because I knew that the Texas. Athlete, Texas Athletic Commission. They had a uh, hold. They had an application in for a hold on the de- on the date from the UFC, and it never got pulled. It never got pulled, even though there was a, even though you know there was talk about about Madison Square Garden, but that was all dependent on John Jones. Uh, what about Masvidal and Poirier? Masvidal and Poirier, the their best friends and training partners. That's not very. Oh, are they? Okay. Yeah. See, whenever I come up with something like this, there's always like an obvious reason. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> the, so that, the obvious, that show. The obvious reason is yeah. is every time yeah. every time those two are American top team in Flor in Florida, there's pictures of them training together. So that's. Well, I didn't yeah. know. I, I I didn't know. I, I didn't even know Poirier was ATT. Yeah, I mean, if you go down the if you go down to Coconut Creek while they're both there, you'll see them fight every day. So. Well, I be- I believe you. I'm not I'm not questioning. It. I just didn't know. I'm just saying they, they um, fight every. I, I'm just saying they fight every day already. So. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so yeah. So that that show right now is looking to have Pena and Nunez, which coming off the Ultimate Fighter, the uh, flyweight um, t- championship, uh, Moreno and Kaikar France. So we're not getting that fourth fight between him and uh, Figueredo. And then so yeah, that fight obvious. That show obviously needs a big name. So Poye would be a good one. Uh, Diaz, we've talked about. Um, you know, it's it, you know, and maybe Maswell, like somebody, like it's going to need a bigger name than any of those four uh, if they if they want to sell if they want to sell the building and if they want to sell uh pay-per-views so yeah they just although need, i they don't just, think they, they care need, about pay-per-views yeah they need a stronger third fi- they, need, they just need a stronger yeah. third fight than than Derek lewis yeah. or smith and Kalaev or even cost costa rockhold even though costa rockhold's an interesting fight they just need That's a, big, a big fight they just yeah. need a bigger third fight <laughs> yeah so hopefully i mean there's what do we got? Uh, Ten weeks, so we should uh, eleven weeks actually. So we should have uh, we'll have time to book something for that show. All right, so back to uh, the uh, last week, and uh, we'll just quickly go over uh, the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, I assume uh, you watched it. I did. I, um, I, what did I we... actually I actually meant to watch it today, but I got I have some personal oh, okay. stuff going on going on today and in the morning, and I forgot to get to it. <laughs> Well, they had, uh, it was actually a pretty good episode. There was um, the fighter that was on, uh, uh, what was her name? Peralta. Uh, It was Peralta and Caitlin Neal. And Caitlin Neal got news right before the fight. Now, who knows how this was edited, but um, that her dad had died. 
And uh, so she was really emotional throughout the whole fight. And uh, then she she gets in there with uh, Helen Peralta. And uh, it was, I, I guess, uh, Caitlin was on Team Nunez. And uh, and yeah, and it the first two rounds were were really close. I thought that perhaps Peralta had had won, but then they said they were getting a third round, so obviously it was one one. And then Peralta, uh, you know, she comes out strong in the, in the third round, but Caitlin Neal ended up taking over, and she and she won the fight. Uh, you know, just basically gutted it out, and then she just lost it. Uh, after and she was bawling in the in the ring and everything and uh, yeah that was uh, it was pretty emotional it was it was a well done episode I, I you know probably nobody watched this but but I really enjoyed it and then uh, they, they announced uh, for next week we're finally going to get to see uh, uh, Kamara's brother uh, so that's this week like I guess today as you guys are listening to this Mohamed Usman and Mitchell Sipe so that's probably going to be the most anticipated fight of the first round um, I don't know how many people even know what's happening but uh, this is kind of Mohamed Usman's UFC debut, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's happening. So uh, you'll have to check that one out, and uh, we'll check back next week. Um, and then we also had a Bellator show. Um, as I said last week, uh, I was going to make sure and check out the prelims, but I didn't know if I was going to have time for the main card, and that's exactly what happened. I did watch the prelims. I watched every fight but one on the prelims. Uh, actually, two. I skipped two of the fights, but I watched uh, I watched everything else, and uh, the fights I was looking forward to delivered. Uh, Lee Chadwick and uh, Masiej Rosansky had a hell of a fight. Uh, Chadwick is just awesome to watch. He's nicknamed The Butcher, and he looks kind of... Yeah, he doesn't look like The Butcher in AEW, but... They're kind of cut from the same cloth. And uh, he lost the decision, but he fought his ass off. And that was a great fight. Uh, Oliver Encamp had a come-from-behind win in the third round. He got a submission with a buggy choke. Uh, 25 seconds of the third round. And then the other one I was really looking forward to was Alina Kalianidu. Got a second-round KO over Kate Jackson. Seven seconds left in the second round. She looked just incredible. Um, She's somebody that will probably get a get a flyweight title shot with another win or two. And then uh, there's a minute and 12 knockout, minute and 12 second knockout in the main event of the prelims. Daniel Veichel uh, defeated Rob Whiteford. Um, did you watch the main card at all or just the main event? Uh, I saw highlights of stuff and I saw the main event. And uh, okay. Paul, Paul Daly ended his career in typical Paul Daly, Paul Daly fashion by losing to wrestling early and then getting a a knockout late in the second round. So, I mean, it was a, it was a perfect Paul Daly way to, to end a career, end a career. And then I saw, uh, yeah. Fabian Edwards brutally knocked out Leoto Machida. Oh, it was, it was ugly. It was ugly. It was brutal. And then the main event, Logan Storley split decision over Michael page. Uh, another fight that would have benefited from open scoring. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. just storily. Uh, I mean, you, you shouldn't win fights by laying prey. I mean, that's basically what he did, and basically how he how he won is just laying prey. I just, I mean, I that's mean, I, all he ever does. Yeah, we've we started to get away away a lot of judges actually scoring uh, takedown of judges actually saying that takedowns with no offense is still better 
then being being landed outlanded on the feet it finally started to start swaying to where to where you know all these people were like like oh somebody out somebody outstruck somebody 50 to 5 but this guy got a takedown takedown and was on top for one minute but did absolutely nothing so the guy who got the takedown won the fight <laughs> we started finally starting to get get away from it as as you know, media members who score fights and judges who score score fights. Unfortunately, there is there is a fight like that on the UFC that we'll get into. Unfortunately, but. the there's still a lot of fighter mentalities and quarter mentalities yeah. that still think that all you have to do is get a takedown and then have no offense of it, offense from it. But you'll and you'll still win around, win around. But this is kind of this is going a little bit back in time because Storley was getting takedowns with doing no offense for him. And every time they were on the feet, Paige was doing better. And I thought Paige won, but, and so did most of the people, but it's, it is what it is. Yeah. It wasn't an exciting fight. Not at all. The, the other one that struck out at me was uh, Denise Keelholtz, uh, former kickboxing champion. She got submitted in the second round by Kana Watanabe. Um, Watanabe's 11-1. Her only loss is to Liz Carmouche, who just won the flyweight title. But that was like a 25-second knockout. So we could see that fight again, I think. Um, in fact, I, if it was me, I, that's probably what I'd do next. Well, I mean, uh, Velasquez so, is going to get her rematch because of the controversy. Yeah, of the, of the, the, yeah the controversy, yeah. But maybe Watanabe gets the winner then, because yeah, uh, yeah she's a, a Ryzen, a former Ryzen fighter. Uh, good look, uh, good, exciting fighter. I, uh, I enjoy her fights, although I didn't see this one. Um, so that was Bellator, and then uh, then we got the speak, the meat speak, of the. I wanted to bring something up on Bell on Bellator real quick, okay. real quick while we're talking about Bellator. Oh, did you see how the, did they do in ratings? Oh, I, no, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't pay oh. attention. Pay, pay attention to Did I see that. what? Uh, Johnny Eblen's comments. Oh, he's fighting Musasi, right? Yeah, he's fighting Musasi here in a little over a month. But uh, he was yeah. talking about how he has he has nine nine fights for Bellator so far, and how he has never been drug tested. So he was calling out whether <laughs> whether drug testing was going to be happening happening in this whether it actually happens in Bellator Bellator he's I mean you're talking about a fighter who you know an undefeated fighter fighting for a title and he's worried about whether or not whether or not his opponent and himself are getting drug tested so that says a lot about about you know you know Bell you know everybody knows UFC has has year-round drug testing and fighters fell. Hell, they just suspended a fighter today, today for 14 months. Unless you're yeah. Conor McGregor. Yeah, there's some. Uh, that's that entire thing is just weird about how he hasn't been tested. I know, but uh, but yeah, but uh, it's it's funny seeing seeing a Bellator fighter, a Bellator guy who's in a main event for a title fight, wondering if he was going to get drug tested, and, and literally, and he did clarify literally like the next day somebody showed up to drug test him. <laughs> so oh yeah, so it's kind of funny how that um, okay, so how that works. That out. Bellator show was on Friday, right? No, the next one's not until June twenty fourth. But no, but the Bellator show that we were just talking about was on Friday, right? Yes, that was correct. Okay, it didn't. Nothing cracked the top fit one fifty from that show. Not surprised. So not surprised. I mean, I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't, it's in the afternoon, and yeah, I don't see much much stuff on Showtime at at four p.m. in the afternoon on a Friday, making the top one fifty. I mean, they have before, but they didn't this week. Um, MVP and Logan Storley isn't exactly a marquee matchup either. That'll put butts um, in the seat. All right. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all right, but the main event of the weekend was the UFC on ESPN uh, two. I guess it was the main card was on ESPN two. The prelims were on ESPN, which was I don't know if that was a late decision or if it was always scheduled that way. But okay, um, I, I kind of want to go on a rant a little bit on this. Okay, on this, go ahead. I mean. Uh, and it's kind of it's kind of a shot at other media members because they were they were talking about about this feels like the old Fox Sports days. I'm sorry, media members, if you're covering the sport and you don't realize that ESPN dictates the start times of these shows, not the UFC. I think you kind of need to learn some more, learn some more, and. And the reason the show started so late, so late, and all this, and why there was switches switches was because the main espn had i think playoff basketball and playoff hockey both on them but they were both game six slash game seven situations to where yeah to where those games could not happen so they wanted something on those time slots to slide in slide in on big espn in case they have it because otherwise they're going to have God knows what of programming for six hours on big ESPN, just replaying 30 for thirties. And they don't want to do that on a Saturday night. So the reason the show started so late, so late was because they were using the UFC as a backup option. Obviously they moved the prelims from ESPN two to ESPN because one of the playoff games they were scheduled to broadcast didn't go all the way to either game six or game seven. So they had an opening. So they moved the prelims prelims because they could just throw anything they want on ESPN two. Nobody's going to watch it, but you can't do that on big ESPN. You know, you want no, you want and, and more people probably watch the show. Yeah, more people probably watch the show as a result too. Result. Yeah, result. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it didn't. It was the one time when it didn't matter here. Like the, almost the whole card was on uh, the same channel in Canada. Yeah. So um, we just had the one, uh, the one early prelim. Uh, Petrovsky Maximoff yeah. was on Fight Pass, and everything else was <laughs> yeah, but, but on, I'm on TSN if, Five. If you cover the sport, please learn why some shows start at yes. certain times and some shows start at other t- other times. So there's reasons for this. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Same thing with uh, with regular sports. Yeah. I mean, you know, the Warriors play at 4.30 in the afternoon because that's when ESPN wants them to play. Um, you yeah. know, and, uh, you know, yeah, we have, uh, yeah, like I, I know uh, basketball, like yesterday. I mean, they had the two game sevens. One of them was in the afternoon. One of them was in the evening. And that's how ESPN wants it. That's how they I'm, do it. I'm a in big... hockey, it was, they were both in the evening and they were back to back because that's what ESPN wanted. I, I'm know? a big, I'm a big NASCAR fan. And when NASCAR was 
was coming up. Everybody just knew that the races were starting at Sunday, Sunday at noon Eastern time because on ESPN. Well, now that when you get Fox and NBC involved, they want they want races starting at two, Prime two or time. three in the afternoon on the East Coast, so that way they're not starting until noon on the Pacific Coast, and they're ending close to prime time. And just the NASCAR fan base just hates it, and they don't understand that. Hey, the TV networks are dictating this, not the not the yeah. sport. It's just yeah. yeah. So that said, uh, it was a it was a really good show. Um, not again, I, I uh, not a lot like of consequence other than you know the main event um you know some guys improved their stock for sure and girls uh but um it was you know it was it was pretty good show the the even the fights that went the distance were were pretty good um for the most part and then we got a lot of finishes um and and something we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show a new segment i'm going to kind of introduce but one thing i noticed when i was actually studying this card on on saturday so i probably should have done it before our last show but i i didn't but uh jan blahovich um he wins like almost every single time he's an underdog um which i didn't notice before so um you know, a stat that they talk about on the broadcast I've been noticing a lot lately is called ROI, which is return on investment. And Jan Blahovich as an underdog is somebody you probably want to bet on because I don't know if it's something mentally with him where he just feels disrespected or something, or maybe it's just people don't give him the credit he deserves or what it is. But, you know, in my gut, I was thinking Rockets, but then when I saw... When I look back over Blahovich's record and how many times he'd won when he was an underdog, like I put some money down on Blahovich and I won. So, uh, but th- it was a good fight. Like um, the first round, Rockich was really like coming out strong, but Blahovich was hurting him with leg kicks and stuff, and they they ended up paying a dividend later on in the fight. I thought Blahovich won the second round. I think I got that right. Uh, you know, he was coming on stronger. And then, like, by the end of the second round, I knew he was going to win. Like, I didn't know if he was going to finish him or if he was just going to, like, be, grind out a decision and win. Like, I didn't feel Rockets was going to win another round, though, the way the second round ended. And then early in the third, he, um, he he hit him with a leg kick and Rockets just crumbled. And turns out he has a uh, – what was – I mean, you're uh, – your tag here on our uh, on our thing we're recording on is Alexander Rockets' ACL. So yeah, he got, he's got a busted ACL. Yeah, you got the rounds reversed too. It was Blakovic who clearly. Oh, won did the I? First, okay, so it's the other and Rackets who clearly won the second because because Rackets. But but got- at the end of the second, but at the end of the second, I thought Blakovic was. You know, even though he lost around, then he was still like he looked good at the end of the second. I thought <laughs> maybe they looked they looked about the same at the end of the second, but to, to me, but it didn't matter at the at the in yeah. coming out in the third because Lukovic landed a leg kick early and Rakic as he was planning he was planning his his back leg his right knee you could see it pop it was it yeah. was bad you could just see well it. and who was it was it Paul Felder that said one more leg kick and he's done. And then it was like well, one more because, leg kick, and he was done. Well, it was a great call. Yeah, Blakovich, he uh, landed a leg kick, and you could, you could kind of see. Well, you can kind of see that it hurt Rakic, but it hurt his lead yeah. leg, lead leg. But once he was starting to kind of try to plant, plant to throw, to throw like when he planted, he was putting more pressure on his on his uh, back leg, which was his right knee, right knee because his left leg got damaged from that kick, that kick, and that's what caused the right knee. To, 
the right knee to basically explode exploded. Yeah, he did, he had MRI tonight and uh, a torn ACL is what it was. He said uh he said he had a that he hurt the knee three weeks before the fight, but wasn't going to pull out. So it was a pre existing injury. So so but and then and then Jan said Jan said he was dealing with some stuff. He uh, he had his car stolen during training camp. Had missed a few days of training because he was having a serious case of diarrhea and then had a cut underneath his eye that actually opened up during the fight. And he thinks he's going to have to have surgery on the eye, on the eye to kind of fix everything up. So, you know, these are two fighters who, who went through some hell trying to get to this fight, but, but it was entertaining while it lasted. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, um, the, um, Glover Teixeira, uh, tweeted out at him, uh, saying, you know, I'm going to get, I'm going to get the job done, uh, when I fight, uh, um, blanket on Yuri Prochaska. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he, uh, and which I don't think that's true, but, uh, let's just pretend that it does. And then he says he wants to run it back with, uh, Jan, uh, later on in the year. So obviously Jan was up for that. I think Jan is going to get the winner of that fight no matter what. Because you know he's you know should probably get a rematch and he won't he looked pretty impressive here so um, yeah I uh, yeah big big win for him and Rockich unfortunately you know he gets almost to the top and then he loses and this was like the second uh, maybe even third time that he was or second I guess time that he was like right there like where probably one win away from a title shot and then he lost yeah so I wouldn't um, yeah, I wouldn't so. hold I would I wouldn't hold this loss against him because freaky freak no injury, no freak injury and in, yeah. in a fight that was even going into the third round so so I think he no no he, I, I mean he didn't look terrible or anything yeah. but it's it's a bad loss like in the sense that you know maybe the timing of the loss is the timing he probably loss, needs yeah. like two more wins now yeah now he's got now he's got to sit out for for a year and probably get another year yeah. worth of win, worth of wins just to get back in the title title shot so yeah. yeah but if if you know if yon wins a title back uh they could definitely run this back if rocket picks up an, a couple more wins um and then yeah we'll we'll go over you'll go over the rest of the well we'll, we'll do our stars um but then just in the co-main events this was the same weight class ryan span looked just uh just great i mean he couldn't have looked better submitted Ian kudalaba in just over two minutes with a guillotine choke um and uh after the fight he didn't even want to talk like he just he's like i don't want to say anything and uh and then he did and but he didn't say much and then he just kind of walked off in the middle of his interview and uh bisping was just kind of left there holding the microphone uh, it was kind of funny but uh yeah i mean he uh he improved his stock quite a bit and you know with rocket out you know that kind of moves him up a bit and uh you know probably you know one or two more wins away from from being there because he's we talked about him last week and uh you know this was another big win for him so uh, i mean he had lost to anthony smith and johnny walker recently but uh big big win for him over kudalaba um, yeah good good just, dude just needs to be guys yeah be guys ahead of him now he can be he's yeah he's proven he can be guys below him it's just now be be guys ahead of you and then you'll be right there and you have him going see you have him against Paul Craig and Volkan Ozdemir winner and that's great because that's the one thing with uh with you know I, I love the Paul Craig matchup like I just I just think that's a perfect you know it's a striker against a submission guy and you know Ozdemir I mean that's just you know two guys you know gonna beat the shit out of each other but I I just love the the idea of Span and Craig so hopefully Craig beats Ozdemir and we we see that 
Um, all right, so three stars. Who do you got? Well, my first star was going to be Ryan Span, just because that was that was okay. an impressive, yep. an impressive showing. I mean, Kudalaba, Kudalaba's you know wild and crazy, and Kudalaba got him down early, and then tried to get him down again, and that he just grabbed that guillotine out of nowhere and just put him put him out. It was a very impressive finish because Kudalaba was looking good, good in those first two minutes. Uh, my second star. <laughs> Excuse me. Going with uh, Davy Grant. I mean, him and him and Louis Smokel just had an absolute barn burner of a fight. Barn burner fight is what everybody was kind of expecting. A bunch of just back and forth on the feet, feet with both of them hitting hard shots. And uh, then, then in the third round, Grant landed a big leg kick, and Smolka could barely stand, and then dropped him with a p- punch and finished and knocked. Smoke out cold on the ground this is a great finisher, Grant, and he cut another great post-fight promo where he was asking yep. again, again to be put in the video game. EA Sports needs to do a thing where they add them. I mean, they add they add fighters every month. They can easily add add Davy Grant, and then uh, my third star. I'm gonna go with uh, Michael Michael Johnson. Just uh, kind of leave one yeah. of these people for you. But uh, Michael Johnson just first win since October 2018 was coming in off a of four fight losing on a four fight losing skid. Uh, yeah, it was against Alan Patrick, who is not that great and who is a very very clearly diminishing fighter. But they both rocked each other, each other, and I want to more point point out Johnson as a star just because of the way he finished. Because it was a beautiful combination that dropped Patrick, and then two brutal right hands from the top, and Patrick was out cold, out cold. So very impressive performance from Johnson, and and you know he's a guy who has been around a long time, has beaten some good guys, but has lost to some really good guys. You know, knocked out knocked out Dustin Poirier once before, as Michael Chandler liked to remind everybody the other night. But uh, <laughs> yeah, good showing for Johnson, and he'll be my third star. That was his last finish, too, wasn't it? Against Poirier, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, my three stars: uh, Andre Petrosky in the opener. Um, this was this was a fun fight. It was like um, it was like a half. We had that awesome two and a half minute fight last last week with um, uh, the two flyweights, um, Brandon and uh, Sales, and who's the other guy? I'm just I'm completely my brain's fried here. That best two minute fight you're ever going to see from last week. I was just reading about it in your Observer recap. Uh, the, but this Roy, was like the this Royval Snell fight. Royval Chanel, yeah, Brandon Royval and Matt Chanel. This was like half that length, but it was a similar kind of fight um, where they were both, you know, just Maximoff tried to take him down, and then Petrovsky was getting control, and then he ended up uh, sinking in the Anaconda choke, minute sixteen seconds. Just looked great. Um, Petrovsky is a guy we watched in the Ultimate or on the uh, Contender series, uh, I think. No. Uh, ultimate fighter right ultimate fighter and then he came in and this was third straight ufc win third straight ufc finish called himself the best middleweight in the world i think he's not quite there yet but um you know he's certainly on the right track uh, my second star verna jandaroba who um you know she won by decision but she dominated angela hill and angela hill like fought a good fight but uh jandaroba just muscled her around and outclassed her and like she wasn't going to finish angela hill but she couldn't have looked much better and she got a big big win over uh you know a, a big name and uh jandaroba is somebody to keep an eye out on straw weight you know 18 and 3 now and uh someone who i've really been paying attention like she had a loss to amanda reba and 
Mackenzie Dern and Carla Spars are her only three losses, and those are like pretty big names. So I think she's it's about time for her to step up and fight somebody higher in the rankings. And my third star is going to be Manuel Torres, who uh, knocked out Frank Camacho in three minutes and twenty seven seconds. This was. Um, the the knockout was like it was weird because like he hit him and he clearly knocked him out but i don't think camacho knew he was knocked out and then when he kind of looked at the the replay he was like oh yeah okay i was out <laughs> and uh yeah and it was a big win for torres and another one where like damn like I it was just watching this and wishing it was in front of fans. Um, a lot of these fights, actually, the Grant Smolka was another one. Um, and uh, even Chikagin and Rebus, just so we didn't have to hear Chikagin. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, um, th- yeah, those are my three stars Torres and Jandaroba and Petrosky. Yep. Um, yeah, all right. And then uh, just uh, you can go over the rest of the results. When you, there was only 11 fights on this card, so we've already talked about like eight of them or seven of them. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but you, course, can, yeah. you can do any details I might have missed on on uh, my fights. Yeah. Uh, it started, nice started off in middleweight fight. Andre Petrosky submitted Nick, Nick Maximoff in a minute, just, just over a minute with an anaconda choke. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was going to be a grappling ba- grappling battle. It probably favored Maximoff, but but Trotsky got the got the neck, had to choke choke in, and Maximoff like you know like they get taught hanging out with the Diaz brothers went out on his shield and didn't <laughs> you know went to sleep. But uh, yeah, solid win, solid oh, win. Yeah, he tapped right before he fell asleep. Yeah, that was, that was good. Yeah, Maximoff's first loss and solid solid showing for Petrosky. He tried calling out Gerald Mearshart to fight in three week three weeks i mean i mean don't one thing is like to fight in singapore of all places in three three weeks first off yeah. the card's full that card's full buddy so you're not getting on that card and and i mean don't ever call out somebody specifically to fight in three weeks in a foreign country <laughs> odds are it's going to be no no just say i want to fight in three week three weeks and somebody step up because uh, especially since they announced gerald mearshart for another fight today so it's kind of funny. <laughs> kind of yeah, funny. That was weird. Funny yeah. guys. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you're going to be a fighter fighter and you want to call, call for a specific, specific fight on a specific day, please at least check with the matchmakers to see if the card's full first. Cause yeah, it's kind of yeah. pointless. This is like what I like props to him for calling out, but it was kind of a pointless call, call out. It's always a pointless call out for fights that aren't going to happen on specific days. So whatever. Uh, then we have the, uh, flyweight fight Tetsuro Tyra, uh, unanimous decision over Carlos Candelario. Tyra was, uh, making his debut, very impressive Japanese fighter. And he was very impressive in this fight. Uh, just kept, uh, yeah, he kept dominating on the ground and Candelario had nothing for him on the mat. Uh, this is another example. Uh, this fight was another example of where open scoring would benefit these corners from giving their fighters bad advice because Candelario's corner told him it was one, one after, yeah. after two, even though it was not even close to being one, one after two. And you could actually make an argument that Tyra was close to a 10, eight round in the first. So there was no way, no way. I think they were the yeah. only ones in, in the entire world who had it one, one after, afterwards so yes like i'm not even me not yeah. even me yeah and yeah definitely no media members and again yeah it's it feels like it's getting more and more 
where open scoring would be a benefit, but more so it's more so benefiting the fighters because the corners are just so wrong because as we've seen lately, so many of these corners and these fighters have no idea what the scoring criteria is, even though all they have to do is seek out a media member or anything. If any fighter ever wants to disagree with how I score a fight, please contact me and I'll tell you the reason why and you'll probably actually learn something you didn't you didn't know because because they uh, some of these fighters want to bash the media members for how they score fights but they don't ever want to actually learn why they score this way and a lot of media members are more well versed on the scoring criteria than even some of these corners and fighters are are you know it's kind of getting ridiculous it's really easy to study up on the scoring criteria but some of these quarters don't want to. But anyway, ran over. Uh, back to the results. Uh, Strawweight fight, Verna Jandaroba beat Angela Hill. Unanimous decision, 30-27 all across the board. It was just Hill could do nothing on the ground with Jandaroba. Jandaroba was very good. And Hill, I mean, she... This was not a split decision. She very clearly lost, but Angela Hill is just a weird case of she could beat the fighters ranked below her, but anybody who's ranked ahead of her, she just can't beat. And I don't know if she'll ever, ever do that. She's 8-12 in the UFC. Very popular first strawweight to 20 fights. I don't see her going anywhere, but she's very clearly hit a certain level that she's not going to get above. I saw a stat on this. I don't know if you noticed it, but she was... I think it was either she's eighth now or possibly fifth all time in any weight class of total number of strikes landed in so, UFC. I saw something like that. She's like the eighth. I yeah. think it was like eighth person yeah. to hit like a certain number of significant strikes. 1,500, landed. I think. Something like that. 1,500 strikes, I think. Yeah. yeah. Which is incredible when yeah. you think about it. Yeah. Like, has to be the top women for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. I haven't, anyways. Looked, I haven't looked up, up the record book this week because I, I only usually do it when people like Charles Oliveira fighting just to, just to see what yeah, records yeah. he sets. But uh, I'll but look that, it that's, up. That was really cool I'll look when, it I, up. when I heard that. I'll look it up probably probably sometime here soon. Then we had a lightweight fight, uh, Michael Johnson knocking out Ali and Patrick in the second round. Then we had a women's flyweight fight, uh, Vivian Oroju, uh, unanimous decision over Andrea Lee, 29-28, and then two 29-27 scores. This is a very, very entertaining fight and a little bit controversial because of what Lee's boyfriend slash cornerman Tony Kelly said about Araujo, Araujo, uh in between rounds. I don't really want to get into it. All I will say is Lee... Yeah. Lee, if you're going to keep dating racist, it says a lot about you. So, or people who make racist comments, it yeah. says a lot about you as a person. As a person, you can, you can read Ryan. You can Ryan described it in yeah, the column and there's a lot of stuff. And, and Tony Kelly's a UFC fighter, and he should never. You know, if you want to call Vivian Araju a dirty fighter, say she's a dirty fighter. But when you say dirty, yeah. a dirty effing Brazilian, yeah. Brazilian, Brazilian, it's it's your your. You're targeting. And remember, you're 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 on camera. You're on ESPN. Yeah. You're on ESPN. Yeah. Think ESPN's happy about that? Somebody saying saying you know stuff that that I mean I see these BS cop outs. Well, Brazilian's not a race. You know exactly what he meant by by what he said by what he said and 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 then him for him to say that he's trying to be the victim of cancel culture instead of apologizing for it. It's just ridiculous, but. Tony Kelly, same guy, same guy who would rather drive 24 hours to Las Vegas on fight week than wear a mask for three for a three hour plane ride. So he's got a lot of yeah. He, there's a lot yeah. there's a lot wrong with him. But uh, 
to the main card, we had what I would consider an upset, Alan Nascimento, uh, unanimous decision yeah. over Jake Hadley, 30-27 across the board. Uh, very good grappling matchup. Nascimento just was too much for Hadley on the ground and kind of a surprising win for me because I thought Hadley is super talented, but it showed where he needs improvement, and Nascimento had a lot of fights. I said that last week when the matchup was made. I go like, I don't know. I like Hadley. He's got tons of potential. Could be a champion, champion, but he's young and this is a tough matchup for him. And it proved to be the case. And a good win for Nash Cimento, who had a Charles Oliveira in his corner, had the blonde hair like Charles. So, so the team's on a momentum. Then we had the Manuel Torres, uh, finishing Frank Camacho in three minutes, 27 seconds. Uh, then we had women's flyweight fight, Caitlin Chikagi and split decision over Amanda Hebus. I will say if I feel like I'm often trolled because so many of these shows that I go to end up having Caitlin Chukagian on the card and just hearing, <laughs> hearing her grunt so much in person has left a sour taste in my mouth. So if there's a, you know, it's a good show. If there's a Caitlin Chukagian fight that I enjoyed and enjoyed, and I enjoyed this fight. It is a very good fight. Uh, Amanda Hebus was coming up to flyweight, and I think this fight just showed that you know she needs to stick at strawweight. I think she was just a little too small, yeah. too small in there. Uh, her dad slash cornerman said uh, that she tore her biceps before the fight, before a few weeks Ooh. before the fight. Which uh, yeah, that's a pretty big that's a pretty big injury to be fighting with a torn biceps. I don't know left or right arm, but uh, yeah, very entertaining fight. It could have gone either way. Super close. I scored it for Chikagi yeah. and myself. I know you. I know you messaged me and sc- you said you scored it for Hebus. Uh, I mean. Yeah, it was close. It was yeah. close. So I'm so. I'm lucky. I'm lucky. I wasn't watching live because uh, I actually scored at thirty twenty seven Hebus and I'd have got roasted. Yeah. So um, you yeah. know, and, and I mean, I, the first two rounds were like Hebus took her down a few times in both rounds, but Chikagian was, you know, and the striking was almost even, but Chikagian was definitely doing more damage. I just thought the takedowns were the difference. And then in the third round, and the funny thing is, is the third round was the one where I thought. I, if I was going to go one way or the other, I would have gone Chikagian. So I might have gone 29-28 and just scored it completely wrong. But I thought all three rounds were – like nobody decisively won any three rounds. But, you know, Chikagian, like you said, probably did more damage and deserved to win the fight for sure. Good, good um, thing for you. Though. Good thing for you when you told me that scorecard I was sleeping. So I forgot to roast you, oh. per, roast you personally to, yeah. to make up. Yeah. For, well, you just for, said, you know. To make yeah. up for the lack of I think Twitter. you responded and said – only two, only two media members scored it for Hebus. Was your reply to me? So, yeah. so, but, so yeah. yeah. Anyways, so, yeah. Hey, yeah, whatever. It doesn't. Hey, and you, I and I had money on Hebus. So. Speak, speaking of being roasted on Twitter, on Twitter, I mean, somebody called me a racist child molester based on one of my tweets. Oh. One of my tweets Saturday night that made the screen. So, hooray! Happy Twitter, happy Twitter places. But back to the show. I uh, had uh, I said somebody's mom was hot and she liked the tweet. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> Back to the show. <laughs> then we had the uh, bantamweight fight. Davy Grant knocking out Luis Smoka, forty nine seconds in the third round. Really fun fight there. Yeah. And then uh, Ryan yeah. Spann submitting Ion Kudalaba, two minutes twenty two seconds. And then the main event, Blackovich over Rakic due to the knee injury in the third round. All right, and the fight uh, bonuses went to um, Caitlin Shkagan and Amanda Hebus, fifty thousand dollars bonus for each fighter. And if I'm not 
mistaken, I think that's two fights in a row that you actually liked of Kate Lynch Kagan's. Yeah, she had that fight with Jennifer Maya, Maya in, in January. January that yeah. was actually pretty good. So yeah. <laughs> and the fifty thousand um, uh, dollar performance bonuses went to Ryan Span and uh, Manuel Torres. Yeah. So just one of each of our three stars. Just don't book her on shows that I make pre arrangements to go to. That feels like trolling. Trolling. Ser- seriously, like I there was a while there it felt like every show I was traveling to, she she was on the go on the show i was like all right i'm gonna go to ufc 205 the debut massive square garden uh oh chukagian's on the car that was the first thing first thing i was like okay i'm going to toronto canada for ufc 231 oh chukagian's on the card okay let's go to let's go to chicago for ufc 238 and chukagian's on the card <laughs> let's go to let's go to 244 at massive square garden oh chukagian's back on the card card then the next show i go to houston she's fighting shacheco here it is after the pandemic first first show i'm going to back in the back in a full arena houston ufc 262 in may of last year chukagian on the card it's like it's like they it's like sean shelby and mcmaynard purposely book it that way <laughs> so well i think you're going to be safe from your next one because if i assume you'll be going to 277 uh obviously and uh t- t- i don't know if you're going to 276 but i can't imagine caitlin being on either one of those cards so you're probably okay the next three show um, next three right. shows i'm planning on going to odds are she isn't on it but i'm now i gotta start worrying about august and later <laughs> Yeah, well, August is what Boston, so um, yeah, I uh, maybe. maybe MSG in November. Maybe maybe she'll get that man in Fioro fight in Paris, and I won't have to worry about. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll avoid. Or that. maybe she's just gonna headline a fight night, you know, um, in the in the apex, so we can hear those loud screams. Um, all right, and uh, so we got the coming week. We already talked about tough, and uh, oh yeah, oh we we did this, yeah. So oh. Um, Right, so we're going to talk about the, um, the upcoming week. We got uh, Holly Holm and Ketlin Vieira in bantamweight headlining a card. I think, uh, yeah, similar to last week in that actually maybe even a little bit less in terms of star power. Last week I was actually, I did quite a bit of research on this card today. Um, and I'll explain why in a bit. But um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, again, uh, not a lot of big names on this card. But the top two fights are pretty interesting. Uh, main event is Holly Holm, obviously former UFC uh, bantamweight champion against Ketlin Vieira, who is definitely one of the top contenders. Biggest fight, uh, I would say, yeah, biggest fight in the career for uh, Ketlin coming off the win over Misha Tate. And Holly Holm is always, uh, you know, two fights away from a title shot, it would seemingly. So, um, you know, especially if things pan out, you know, like if, if Nunez somehow loses again to Pena, I could totally see them going with Holly Holm and Juliana Pena in, uh, you know, for the title, especially if Holm wins here. But um, I, uh, you know, I don't really have a strong feeling one way or the other on this. I think a lot of people write off Holm, um, but I mean, she's, you know, she's won her last two and her losses, you know, like Nunez, Cyborg, uh, Valentina Shevchenko and Jermaine Durandamy you know, all champions and then Misha Tate, you know, which a fight she was winning until the last 90 seconds. So, um, I, uh, you know, I don't think you can write her off and, uh, you know, Ketlin Vieira is a big test for her. And I think, I think Holmes, the underdog, right? Uh, she is. Yeah. Oh no, she's the favorite. She's the favorite. So Vieira's the underdog. Um, yeah. Uh, what do you think about this one? 
honestly, I feel like we're we're definitely going 25 minutes in this one. I'm not expecting a ton just because they're just really two technical fighters who who not necessarily are big offensive fighters. And Holly Holmes, a a great counterboxer, and she's and she's very much somebody who is very always throwing with volume, but not necessarily connecting all the time. And I do believe a lot of people have written her off fairly. It was completely fair because, I mean, yeah, she knocked out Ronda Rousey to win the title, but, you know, then she lost it to Tate in the first fight, and she's gone 0-3 in title fights since since then. So it's, it's you know, writing her off is, is fair because, you know, she's lost she's lost more than she's won since the Rousey, the Rousey fight. But uh, she's won two in a row, and, yeah, definitely if she wins this one and Pena beats Nunez, we're destined to get Pena at home. And maybe even if Nunez beats home, I mean, it might be, or Nunez beats Pena. I mean, it might be the right time to do, to do a th- another yeah. fight between three, home three and wins Nunez. in a row. Home and Nunez. I mean, I mean, it's not a big fight, but uh, I don't think anything with Holly Holm is considered a big fight anymore. Even though she's still a fairly big name, but uh, probably the biggest name in the division, I would think. You know, in terms of like mainstream appeal. Yeah, it's her, her and Nunez. Her and Nunez since technically Tate's now at flyweight. But uh Yeah. But yeah, I mean like I'm not expecting this to be a fight of the year or a barn burner or anything anything. I do think home will win just because she's just more active on the feet but also i also can't discount Vieira and her takedowns but holmes also very good at avoiding being taken down so i think it's just we're in for a 25 minute of uneventful action but a win by holly holm all right and uh yeah and that's i mean in terms of you know, like the co-main is, uh, you know, and and uh, you'll you'll pick your three fights that you're looking forward to. But the co-main is is also pretty interesting because you got Santiago Ponzinibbio, who is a guy who nobody ever wants to fight um, because he's you know got a great had a great record for the longest time, and uh, you know, and and he was not super well known, so it was like a very big risk to fight him. But now that he's lost two out of three and he's still, you know, got a good ranking. Now people don't mind fighting him. And, uh, we've got Michelle Pahea. And this one is super interesting to me because Pahea has looked better in his last few fights when he has been toning down on the showboating. Like he'll do it a little bit before the fight, but once the fight actually starts, he might do one or two like kind of flashy moves, but then he kind of just settles into fighting and he's a really good fighter. Ponzinibbio has got all kinds of power, but as as we've seen, you know, like he can get knocked out. He got knocked out by Li Jiang, and he lost a split decision to Jeff Neal, who, um, you know, no slouch. But I'd say Michelle Pahea is, you know, not that far off of what Jeff Neal is. So this is, uh, you know, it's a good test for both these guys, in my opinion, at welterweight. Yeah, uh, that was my number one on my three fights to watch. So okay, really well, there you go. So talk about it now. Talk about it. Yeah, now. I'll talk about it then now. Then you can just do your one. next two. I honestly yeah. wish this was the main event because I honestly feel like if you were to switch switch these two fights around and around and you had Ponzinibbio and Pahe oh. going 25 minutes and Holman Vieira going yeah. 15, that you would have a much more entertaining like I'd be much more excited for for it because I think Ponzinibbio and yeah. Pahea has the potential to be just an absolute classic if they both fight at a hundred percent and and you know 
just uh, it's just they're both exciting fighters who go for the knockout on the feet on the feet, but they also both have super underrated ground games. And then Pahea, he's probably going to have to do a little bit of this flashy shit to to because Ponzinibbio, you know, will come at come at you, come at you. I think you know, like I said, I think it be if those two fights were switched around, it'd probably make for a better show show overall but uh yeah ponzinibbio that's far and away the the fight i'm looking forward to most on this card so all right um and so and what's your next two i'll go ahead and get my other two fights i'm looking forward to uh number two i'm actually going to go the uh, fight that starts from the top the middleweight fight chidi and jokawani against dusko Todorovic. I mean, I, when I look at this card, I don't feel like there's much on it, but Njokuwani is coming off a quick knockout win in his debut. And Todorovic has, is a guy who who he's uh, he split his UFC fights, but three of the four fights have, have been uh, finishes. Either he's knocking his opponent out or he's being knocked out. Knocked out, and he actually holds a win over Michelle Pahea, believe it or not, you know, many years back. So, so this one will probably yeah. be a very entertaining fight. And I, and if it does, if it makes it past the first, if it doesn't make it past the first round, I would not be surprised. And then my third fight to watch is going to be down on the prelims, but a bantamweight fight, uh, Jonathan Martinez against Vince Morales. I think Martinez is one of the more uh, underrated slash not talked about enough guys in the bantamweight division, but he is six and three in the UFC. UFC, but uh, he's he's won four of his last five with his only loss being being to Davy Grant, who just won on this show and ha- has been impressive lately. He's got wins over Thomas Almeida and Alejandro Perez, Perez, and he's just a good kickboxer and should be higher up on the card. And Vince Morales has been has been good. Uh, he's he's won two in a row after after losing three of his first four UFC fights, but uh, he's kind of on a roll and is coming off a first round knockout of Luis Small. So that has the potential to be a very entertaining fight there. All right. So uh, yeah, I mean, if and if we were doing the same thing, I probably would have picked at least two of those as as my as my thing. So. Um, so I'm going to be doing something just a little bit differently uh, than what we've done before. Rather than pick my three fights I'm looking out for, I something that caught my eye as a gambling man is something that UFC has been talking a lot about. They've really been pushing the gambling uh, of late since you know gambling is being legalized all over the place. Um, and one thing me, that can they I, show... Can I, can I slide in there for all the people who are sure. complaining about that and the DraftKings thing? DraftKings is paying sure. UFC something like $75 million a year for all this advertising, so... So yes, you're always going to see a bunch of DraftKings stuff on this show, but I mean they also also DraftKings is making a lot of money from UFC betting right now, so it's a so it's a win-win for both. All right. And and that like I said, it's it's being legalized all over the place. We we just got single game, which includes UFC fights, betting in Canada legalized all over the place. So, you know, you can pick up your phone and make a bet. You, they got live betting, everything. They're constantly showing the live odds. So, anyways, one of the things they talk about is ROI, which is uh return on investment, which is usually reserved for, you know, stock markets and stuff like that, but it can be used in UFC as well. So, return on investment is basically when you see a percentage um if 
if it's a positive percentage, then that means that you, on average, are going to win money when you bet on this fighter, regardless of what the odds are. Um, so if it's, if it's you know, you based on a $100 bet. So if a guy's got a 50% ROI, that means on average, you're going to win $50 for every $100 you bet, an extra 50 on top of it. So, and if a fighter's got a negative ROI, then of course, you, uh, you know, you're losing money on them. So what I've done is I've gone through and I've done the stats for all of the fights on this card, and I've come up with the top three fighters according to ROI. Now, in some of these cases, the odds were early in their career, and I wouldn't necessarily trust them very much. So the my actual top fighter is Jolton Almeida, but at a 94.4% ROI, and he's fighting Parker Porter. But I wouldn't necessarily trust that because he, it, again, it's, it's a very small sample size. So We'll we'll go to Elise Reed in who's fighting uh, in on the first fight on the card against Sam Hughes. She has actually uh, got a sixty five percent ROI, and she's coming in as a favorite, a minus one fifty favorite. But she has never fought as a favorite, so I might you know maybe not throw money on that one just because it's you know it's a very small sample size again. Second place is Ketlin Vieira at forty nine point six percent against Holly Holm. Uh, she is the underdog, a plus one ninety five, and she is four and zero in fights that she's gone into as an underdog in her career. So that is you know for me that's value on Holly Holm. You you kind of or on Ketlin Vieira, you kind of put the case for Holly Holm and said you know you think it's going be a close fight but probably going home five rounds but i think there's value in ketlin Vieira. and then my third the third one is actually santiago ponzinibbio in the um in the co-main now this one is almost a pick but santiago is a very small underdog at minus 105 and he's three and two as an underdog and he's got a 38.2 percent roi so my three fighters that i would recommend based on roi for this show are elise reed ketlin Vieira. And Santiago Ponzinibbio. So Ryan, after that, why don't you take us through the rest of the card? Okay, uh, uh, everything on the show is on ESPN Plus. Kicks off at four Eastern time for the prelims. Uh, main card at seven Eastern time. Uh, starts off with a women's strawweight fight: Sam Hughes against Elise Reed. Then we have a featherweight fight: Chase Hooper returning after nearly a year-long layoff, looking to get back in the win column against Felipe Colares. Then we have the bantamweight fight: Jonathan Martinez against Vince Morales. We have a lightweight fight: Omar Morales. No relation to Vince. Uh, he's fighting. Euros Medic. Uh, middleweight fight, Joseph Holmes against Alan Amedovsky. Uh, heavyweight fight, Jalton Almeida moving up to heavyweight. Heavyweight uh, against Parker Porter. And then the main card kicks off with the women's strawweight fight, uh, Pollyanna Vienna against Tabitha Ricci. Middleweight fight, Eric Anders against Jun Young Park. Middleweight fight, Chidi Njokulani against Dusko Todorovic. Then we have the co-main event, welterweight uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio against Michelle Pajaya. And then the main event, Holly Holm against Ketlin Vieira. And that's the card. And if you... uh... If you didn't recognize a lot of those names, you're not alone. Although I recognize most of them, but I think a lot of people probably are going to skip most of this card. Um, and that, yeah, like you said, it's uh, 4 o'clock Eastern, so 3 o'clock our time. Should be over by, what? well, if, if we if it sticks with 11 fights, probably over by like 9, 9.30 Eastern. So um, you've got time to watch the basketball and or the hockey that's coming up. So we've also got another show that you wanted to talk about, and I didn't even notice that it was on. Like you have it in your column, but I just kind of glossed over it because I st- I'm still not used to Eagle FC as as a thing. 
But as you said, I mean, it's arguably got more interest among the hardcore MMA fans than PFL or Bellator. And there's a lot of big names on this card. Um, the uh, So it's uh, Friday at uh, th- at 6 Eastern. And this is, they got that app that you talked about. What is it called? Fle- FLX? Uh, Flexcast, but it's spelled FLX. Okay. Yeah, it's like DAZN. Um, and uh, the main event, former UFC champion, uh, Junior Dos Santos. First fight outside of UFC, I believe, against Jorgen DeCastro. Another former UFC guy, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Tough finalist? Uh, yeah. No, no. No, he was on no? contender, okay. ser- contender Series. And he- oh, Contender Series. Yeah, that's where I'm <laughs> from, yeah. But, he, oh, yeah, he lost to Greg Hardy, which was, you know, he fought twice after that, but that was pretty much sealed his fate. Um, and, yeah, against Junior Dos Santos, and uh, that's, uh, you know, pretty big fight. Uh, we got Hector Lombard in the co-main event. Uh, Alexandro de Almeida, Islam Mamadoff, uh, not just lightweight Hector, prospect. Not just Hector Lombard in the co-main event, but oh, yeah. fighting, fighting Tiago Silva in the co-main that's event. That's crazy. You know, Tiago yeah, Silva, that's, who... Uh, who hasn't fought since 2019 hasn't yeah last ufc fight was against matt hamill in 2013 um god he's still alive yeah uh yeah but he's yeah he's still kicking around i mean he beat james mcsqueeny in kfw not that long ago um yeah that's a i mean that would have been a huge fight about 15 years ago um and here you know it's a lot of people are going to be interested in it Techni- and this is technically Lombard's first MMA fight since 2018. So, uh, another guy that you thought that UFC shouldn't have cut, I think, if I'm remembering that right, Roosevelt Roberts fighting on the card, and he's got a tough opponent. No, <laughs> them cutting him was fine at the at the time, but yeah. Okay, yeah, who's the guy I'm thinking? There was another guy that was like very early in their career that they cut, and I thought Impa. it was somebody like Roberts. Impa. Impa, yeah, Impa. Impa yeah, okay, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, um, yeah, and he's yeah he's fighting Alexander D Almeida, who's coming up from featherweight, and uh, yeah, uh, Ronnie Marcus fighting on the card, former uh, World Series of Fighting heavyweight for another, I think for, or PFL, another former UFC guy had a decent run in UFC, actually lost to Tiago Santos, um, and Daryl Horcher, Sean Bunch, like a lot of names on this card. Like honestly, like there may be. You could make a case that you take away those top two fights on the on the main card of the UFC fight, and this this you could interchange these fights, and nobody would notice the difference. I think, you know, um, you know, there's Maki Patolo. You know, the this this feels like a UFC undercard, honestly. Yeah, there's a one fight not listed on Tapology. Uh, it's uh, Andrew Sanchez is fighting. Oh, uh, I'm trying to wow. Yeah, I didn't he? even know he wasn't in UFC. Yeah, he uh, he's fighting Gabriel Checo. That, that's not listed on. The, oh, okay. That's not listed on Tapology, but uh, but yeah, he's he's in his first post post UFC fight, post UFC career after they after they let him go after his he had a string of a bunch of where he lost uh, three of his last four, so they didn't they didn't re, they didn't sign him to a new deal, and it's his first one. He's a former tough winner. Tough winner and uh, yeah, I didn't, that's what I thought. I, I don't know. Sure. I don't know if I saw this fight listed on Tapology, but also Paulo Silva against Sean Soriano. Is Sean Soriano on the card. Nope. Uh, no, that's not uh, on there either. Holy yeah. crap! Yeah, that's they, a big one. Yeah, they announced the full card today, and I don't think Tapology's updated updated all their cards. Okay. But yeah, Soriano's first fight since his second UFC stint, I believe. 
That makes sense because there's a main card fight here listed that doesn't make any sense given all these other fights. So it's I'm sure this is wrong. They got like Dylan Mantello and Dennis Hughes, which feels like the first fight on the card. Yeah, and, uh, and it's listed and on the main and card. And we're leaving out what might be the most entertaining part of the show is uh, Henry Cejudo on commentary. Let's see how many oh, names God. he butchers this time. <laughs> Yeah, well, with all these, uh, I mean, he's, he's he is Spanish is his first language, so he should should be okay with some of them. But uh, maybe some of these Russian fighters, yeah. Ahmed Aliyev, Adi that, Alek. That's that's the one, that's the ones he's gonna have trouble. He's, he still has trouble. Yeah, San Habib's last name, but uh, but him and oh, okay. him and Chell are Nurmagomedov. Yeah, 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 yeah. Him and Chell. Chell's on this too. Chell, Chell oh, commentates. Yeah, him and Chell are entertaining. Chell's together. the worst. Chael's the he's worst. the best, but he's the worst at the same, yeah. same time. Yeah, yeah, he is so bad. But yeah, um, actually, I haven't honestly listened to him in a while, so I assume he's a little bit better. But uh, okay, so now we've got uh, we got the P- we got that out of the way. So the news, and there's a few news items, not not a ton, but uh, we talked about Gregor Gillespie, and uh, well, we did we kind of touched on it, but. He's been removed from the UFC fighter rankings, and I think a lot of people assumed that that meant he was not with the company anymore, but he put out a statement. I'm still with the company. I'm just not in the rankings. I'm asking for fights. They're not giving them to me. I'll be back. I don't know when, but I will be. You know, can I, can I clarify? see here. <laughs> can I clarify yeah, something go ahead. on that? He's actually I'm sure only, I got that wrong. He, yeah, well, I, everybody has got this wrong, and I've – Posted it to Twitter, and I've responded to a couple people, people okay. on this who, who have not acknowledged me, acknowledged me, because I'm trying to absolutely clarify the entire situation. Gregor Gillespie, okay. well, now I'm, I'm double checking just to make make sure this is, this is correct. Oh, he 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 was okay. As of yes, up until when the new rankings come out he was only removed from the fan rankings originally he when the rankings update in the morning he'll actually be removed from the rankings but if you actually go to the website right now he's still listed but yeah but uh that that was the point i was trying to trying to make is like he was only he was originally only removed from the fan rankings but yeah it's just because of inactivity like we like we talked about he has he has accepted every fight offered against him against an against a guy ranked ahead of him except Except the one fight that he did turn down was turning down Rafael Dos Anjos on five days' notice. That was the only fight he he yeah. said he turned down, and and again he's turned down every fight fighter below him because he he wants to fight for the title and he feels like his only way to get there is to fight guys ranked above him, which is the, you know the right the right way to look look at things. It's also hard to get fights because like I it said, makes, you, makes him tough to book. Yeah. yeah. It makes it tough to book because at the same time that he's, he's criticizing people who are doing the same thing he's doing. So it's hard to, it's hard to, yeah. book. he's criticizing, he, he's criticizing guys ranked above him for not taking a fight against him. But at the same time, he's not taking fights against guys ranked below him. Otherwise he'd probably be pretty active. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, if you, if you only fight guys that are, that are ranked above you, if nobody will agree to ever fight anybody that's ranked below them, 
we will never have a card again. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's always going to be somebody ranked above or below you. So, I mean, um, the, I guess the, they could be all unranked fighters or, I mean, you know. may, I mean, maybe now that he's, maybe now that he's unranked, he won't, he won't have that excuse. But I mean, like, look yeah, at the, there you go. I mean, look at the guys above him. Oliveira, Poirier, Gaethje, Makachev, Chandler, Darius, Dos Anjos. I mean, like, like, you know, it's hard to get fights against any of those I mean, yeah, Makachev, I mean, you could do Makachev, but I mean, Makachev's waited long enough. He needs a title shot. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I guess if he loses a title shot, then maybe, you know, you could do that fight. To, for sure. I mean, I get fight. Gregor not wanting to fight anybody below him, but I mean, there's yeah. no shame in fighting. I mean, the two guys immediately below him are Conor Busy McGregor, up. McGregor and Tony Ferguson. Maybe you don't want to fight those guys, but I don't think there's a shame finding a Fiziev or a Sarukian or a Gamro. I mean, and even beating those guys, like, like it'll lead yeah. to eventually where these guys ranked could, above you have to you take could you. Be, you could have fight Ferguson you. or Connor. Why not? Yeah. Easy win. Well, it's not easy win, but he ain't gonna fight Connor. No, he's not gonna get that fight. He was talking about one to fight Ferguson. I think Ferguson would have been interesting. Yeah. Him, but but yeah, I don't think you get Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson was in the news news again. He's uh, we'll get we can get into it in a second unless you want me to get to sure. It now. I mean, well, you you can you can say it now because we don't have much. So uh, yeah, Tony Ferguson. He was a uh, he did an interview and I think he's. He's apparently come to his senses and learning that he needs to go train with the camp because okay. he's been doing he's been doing a lot of his last several fights on his own. And we've kind of seen how that works out. And he, he's, he, I think he's come to his senses, admitted that he's a little bit of a head case, not working well with others, but that he needs to change that himself. So, so maybe, you know, maybe if he actually does that, maybe he can get back on track. Who knows? I mean, you look at the guys he lost, he's lost to. Yeah. It hasn't been pretty, but I mean, it's, yeah, Oliveira, still AG, like top Chandler, guys, yeah, and Darius. I mean, you're talking about four of the top six, six in the world right there. And so maybe he do can... it. Uh, do what Chris do what Chris Weidman did. Just regroup, get in the training camp, get your career on track. Fight some guys below you. Get you know Fight get, get your get yourself back him, on the winning track. Him and Dan Hooker's Dan part. Hooker. There you yeah, go. Yeah, Dan Hooker's yeah. going back up yeah. to 155, 155 because that one forty five cut was too much for him and it, and he didn't it didn't work out for him. He lost to Arnold Allen. Going back up to one fifty five. I think that's a perfect fight for both guys because whoever wins is just kind of going to get back on track and whoever loses, it's like yeah, you know what? I'm not. I'm done being Maybe a contender. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, I have Nate Diaz written down here. And I mean, there's not much uh, other than the fact that he took a picture of himself uh, taking a piss outside of the UFC PI. PI? Uh-huh. Um, and uh, yeah. And you commented that they have nice restrooms. So you don't know why he wouldn't go inside. Uh, but he's he said he, he's trying to get fired. But even though he says he's trying to get fired, he'll take fights and he's going to keep fighting. I. Uh, yeah, I uh, it's much ado about nothing in my opinion, <laughs> he's, but he's got people try- talking. He's been trying to get fired since 2012, and I think he's signed at least one new UFC deal in the entire time he's been trying yeah. to get fired. So, so he's not really trying to get fired. I don't, I don't believe no. that for a second. No. 
For a All second. he's doing is keeping his name, keeping his name in the news. Yeah, and, I mean, you know, it's. And, and I mean, nope. we, we know what the deal it's is. It's unprofessional, but it's Nate Diaz. Yeah, we know what the deal is. You know, they want him to sign a new de- sign a new deal because they feel like they feel like they've got four more fights they can get out of him. So they want him to fight, sign yeah. a new four fight deal, four fight deal. And if he's not going to, and he'll probably make if, he'll probably make thirty million dollars. So yeah, sign it. Yeah, do the yeah, fight. just do it. Just do it. I mean. You know that Jake Paul fight is not that big of a fight anymore, and it's not, and no. it's something that that it'll be it'll be as worth as much in four years as it is, as it is right now. That's the only reason. To- whatever whatever he's going to make fighting Jake Paul right now is nothing close to what he's going to make in four more UFC fights. And if he does the four UFC fights and then fights Jake Paul, what he's going to make is not that much it will be less than what he'd make now but not that much less so you know and, and then who knows maybe in four years you know he might even have some more big ufc fights yeah. if he mm. if he does well or if he's still a star the guy got his ass kicked for 24 and a half minutes and against leon edwards and came out of it as a bigger star because <laughs> because of the last 30 seconds or you know so i mean the guy's got a horse show up his ass and, and, and you know he's and just gonna keep breaking money and who's to say jake paul even wants to even wants to fight him right now he's probably still too good right now no. for jake paul probably he's not old yeah he's not old and diminished enough yet because because we're small yeah we're small, we're small yeah are small enough who's i mean that's the only that is the only thing that honestly that's the only thing outside of ufc that you know, and he should fight Tony Ferguson. Yeah, I mean, I, I really don't, un- I really don't understand the Nate Diaz situation. Like, I just, yeah, well, I just don't get it. Everything, every when you look at the entire situation and what he and what's outside of waiting, what's outside waiting for him. There's the only thing outside waiting for him is that Jake Paul fight. There is nothing else, nothing else. And I'm just like, I'm just like. Bro, I'm like everybody. When everybody looks at, it's like, dude, just sign a new deal with the UFC. I mean, that's, I mean, cash out, cash out because cash out for your last couple years there, and then do the Jake Paul fight in four years if it's still there, still there. I mean, you're still gonna make you the same. Just yeah. Go, it's just go stupid. back to Stockton and get high for the next yeah, twenty years. I mean, you have. Yeah, I mean, he's. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if he's gotten married yet, but I mean, he's got a pretty. Pretty much a wife and a kid, and he's just kind of just, and he hasn't made. Yeah, there's been a lot of business stuff that has not gone his way, and it's just like just make your money, make your money, dude. You're just pissing it all away, literally. You know, just yeah, yeah. He's pissing his entire career. Like, like those those guys have have for as great as they are and as great as personalities are are they've left so much money on the table like it's like it's it's ridiculous those two yeah. they have yeah for all their complaints about money they've also left so much money on the table it's ridiculous yep all right and then the last one uh just a little piece of news we talked about a few times uh speculating on you know what where ufc 278 is going to be and also when they'll be back in boston and if you put the pieces together it looks like perhaps they will be in boston you're well, trying to call them it's the front I, runner right I now i say front runner it might not even be the front runner i've just heard rumblings that that it's ha- that ufc 278 is possible for the td garden 
but it's not it's not yeah. i would put it at 25 percent right now so so i just if they're gonna if they're gonna do it it kind of has to be like you know late summer early fall like and by early fall i mean like you know late september yeah. there's a very limited amount of time they could actually do a show there because they got you know the celtics and the bruins tie up that yeah building and dana was most of the dana, winter dana dana's been in boston a bunch lately bunch yeah. lately and okay and they've they've had several big shows big shows in august there so it kind of just made it kind of makes sense it, but but i mean it was you know, it's been it's Boston's been talked about ever since they went back to touring, touring and it's going to happen sooner or later. So, so. All right, cool. All right, and now last uh, we got fights that are coming up, and uh, there's quite a few actually, uh, including a guy you talked about. Not that you know, uh, uh, in uh, in your little rant about uh, Amanda. Uh, KGB Lee uh, has got a fight coming up. But, uh, what are some of the ones you want to highlight here? Okay, uh, first off, UFC 275, June 11th in Singapore. Andre Fialo, he was talking about a fight on the card last week. Yeah, the pay-per-view show. Yeah. And said yeah. he wanted to fight in, fight in Singapore, and they said they would get him a fight in Singapore. Well, he's fighting Jake Matthews, and I think that's a super interesting fight right there. Cause, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, Jake Matthews is good. He's good and yeah. And like I said, Fialo, yeah, it's great that he wants to be a guy, try to be a company guy and a guy who fights a lot. But I said last week, like it'll catch up to you, and this could be a fight where it catches. Tone up it to down, him. yeah, yeah. yeah. Then uh, UFC Fight Night, June eighteenth in Austin. It's official. Cerrone and Lozon has been rebooked for that show. It's one hundred percent happening. It's the co-main event. Uh, then we have Adrian Yanez against Tony Kelly. Yeah, we talked about Kelly earlier, and Yanez said he's he plans on making Tony Kelly pay pay for the for that. You know that who knows yeah. what Tony Kelly wants to do. He doesn't have to wear a mask to fly anymore, but maybe so maybe he'll fly. But at least Austin's not that far of a drive from Shreveport, Louisiana. So uh, <laughs> uh, UFC fight yeah. night, June twenty fifth. Cousin Umar is back. Umar Nurmagomedov against Nate Mayes. Yeah. yeah, that's a solid fight. Uh, UFC 276, International Fight Week. It's an International Fight Week does not feel right without a Jim Miller fight. And it's Jim Miller against Bobby Green. So maybe that'll have finally yeah. happen. This is the third time it's been scheduled to happen. Happen First time was way, way long ago. Like UFC 172 and then Bobby Green got hurt and then they were going to fight, I think, in February this year, or maybe it was last year sometime, but Bobby Green, uh, he got sick after weigh-ins, and it got scratched. So, but maybe maybe it'll finally happen. And, yeah, get, you know, that's that's a good one right there. And in front of fans, yep. so perfect. Uh, July 16th, Michelle Watterson against Amanda Lemos. Uh, Watterson, I guess her injury that was talked about as being a potential career ender is not a career ender. So she gets to return. And Amanda Lemos, who just – Got choked out by Jessica Andrade a couple weeks ago. She's making a quick return in July, so it's an interesting fight. Uh, you have uh, UFC Fight Night in London. Uh, Paul Craig against Vulcan Ozdemir, July 23rd. Also, Mo- Molly McCann against Hannah Goldie on that show. Molly uh, If you're wondering about Patty Pimblett, he might not be on that show. Uh, that's wow. up in the it's up in the air. He uh, he wants to get paid more, so it, you know. Oh, jeez, so. of course he does. Yeah, yeah. I if, don't I don't like people that uh, won't honor their contracts and just get in the king. These guys are independent. Um, so. These, 
they're independent contractors, Paul. So I know, I know. So they can, um, they can well, walk he'll be in, in. He'll be in Molly's corner. Yeah, they can walk out of their job. So, <laughs> so yeah, but uh, yeah. as long as you don't do it on the night of the show. All right, keep going. Independent contractors, <laughs> Paul. Uh, I know. Uh, UFC two seventy seven, July thirtieth. They made official the interim flyweight championship. Brandon Moreno against Kai Car of France. Also have Dracar close yeah. against Diego Fajera. That's another uh, solid fight. There's a couple other fight, little prelim fights out of that show. Uh, we're just highlighting big stuff. Uh, UFC Fight Night, August 6th. Vicente Luque against Jeff Neal. That's uh, that's a big fight. That's a that's a big fight, and that's probably one of the bigger fights li- that was announced over the past week. So there's a bunch of other little ones. I got the full list in my yeah. Monday morning column. Yeah, fight game media. Yeah, this but, is one of the bigger ones. But these were one of the, these were the ones specifically I wanted to point out because the, uh, name value and all. Yeah, you got. Uh, I, I think I counted 22 fights there. You got listed that were all made in the that's, last week. So. And that's just UFC because um, I leave a lot of the Bellator stuff yeah. stuff out, yeah. except the big Bellator stuff. Sometimes you throw them in. Yeah, sometimes you throw them in when you're trying to fill stuff out. But that was all UFC. Yeah. Um, we got a um, we got a show from Paris, France, coming up this Friday on UFC Fight Pass. Aries FC six. They were pushing this on the uh, on the broadcast um, that there's going to be four shows on uh, on Friday, all on UFC Fight Pass. I think is what they said. Um, some of it's like grappling and stuff. But they've got an FAC show from Minnesota on Fight Pass, and and then another show on Sunday from Houston on Fight Pass. Fury fc 63 so you can check that out if you didn't if you don't get enough mma with the eagles fc and the ufc coming up this weekend and uh, basketball and hockey and all that great stuff baseball so that's gonna just about wrap it up ryan so for ryan i'm paul and ryan why don't you take us home like you always do i hope everybody enjoyed the show have a great week and enjoy the fights this weekend later You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.